I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on bluenile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindegaard. Making Forrest backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Hi guys, it's Kevin Gall here. Welcome to the Glovers Cast. You'll hear from Dave, Ben and Sheridan shortly talking about all the shop in Weymouth games. But I just wanted to firstly say thanks to everybody who has purchased tickets for the Yeovil Legends game on May the 14th. I can't wait to be there and see so many legendary players in action. Tickets are still available, so make sure you get yours. Starting at only £8 for adults and £4 for kids. Now here's the guys with this Derby Day podcast. a huge thanks to Kevin Gall for introducing this edition of the Glovers cast and he's absolutely right if you haven't got your tickets for the Legends game yet time is a running out so you need to make sure you get those tickets nice and early and we can now talk about the football and to join us as you heard from Kevin actual Gall himself we've got of course the uh, deadly duo of David Coates and Sheridan Robbins team how are we on this Easter Sunday are we all chocolated out definitely definitely chocolated out I've not had any Easter eggs chocolates today, but I have had um, Pizza Hut from the Yeovale, whatever it's called, down the bottom of town. Because, yes, I am two thirds of the Glover's cast are in the county of Somerset. So and I am coming to you live and exclusive from the nerve centre of the Yeovil Town Community Sports Trust, also known as my friend Sarah's back back room or office I should describe it as but there is a very special reason that I am here not just because I came over to see my friend but also because there's a piece of silverware Yo, a Yeovil Town related team has won a piece of silverware can I can I give a shout out to the Yeovil Town Community Sports Trust under 14s team which has won the Southwest Championship they are Southwest Championship champions in the Junior Premier League, and that means they now go through to the national knockout competition where they're going to play a team from each of the um, regions of the United Kingdom, I would assume. So I think, Ben, if they play anyone in the north, we are uh, YT, CST, U14, Ultras. It's right. going to be a very long hashtag, but we'll have to go with it, I think. We'll, we'll go with it. It's fine. Yeah. Um, so basically what we're saying is the Somerset Premier Cup is the hunt for the double. Exactly. I think that's a double. Yeah. I mean, they wear green and white, these boys. So I think, I think, Doubles claim, yeah, definitely. Yeovil Town at the beginning, too. So there we go. Bring on the double. Bring on the double. If any of those kids or their parents and families are listening, congratulations. Fair play. You've done what Yeovil, no Yeovil player has done for 
however many years, 10 years, maybe, yeah, yeah maybe longer. Well done. Congratulations. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Well, that's I think, a good start. That's a good there, start. There you go. We're all off to a winning start, literally there, aren't we? We are. Let's bring the tone down considerably, shall we? Okay. Yeah. Go on. You start talking. Yeah. So we're going to do this bit first, get it out of the way, and then never hopefully have to talk about such stupidity ever again. Um, some pretty minging news to kickstart our podcast today. We are going to talk about the Aldershot game. We are going to talk about the Weymouth game, but we have to talk about the news that broke on Easter Sunday. Aldershot town players have accused, quote, a member of coaching staff of YTFC of discriminatory language. Lewis Kinsella, the uh, Aldershot captain, made a post this morning on social media saying that before the game on Friday, a member of the at YTFC coaching staff was discriminative towards two of our players and one of their own. This is disgusting and unacceptable and has no place in our game. Um, player Mo Betema, who actually was an unused substitute in the game, added that he took a few days to reflect on the initial shock to his system before the game on Friday. A member of the Yeovaltown coaching staff thought it was okay to directly discriminate to me and my fellow colleagues. Uh, Yeovaltown have made a statement saying they take any accusations of discrimination extremely seriously and that an internal investigation has begun. We will discuss our findings with Aldershot Town over the coming days to deal with the uh, situation correctly. And it has been clarified this evening. So yesterday, as you're listening to this, that it has been included in the referee's report. So there will be some sort of official record of some sort. I I, I don't think this is going to take very long, this conversation, guys and girls. Um, but whilst everything is, of course, innocent until proven guilty, we keep this quite simple. If anyone, anybody is found guilty of discriminatory language and they're associated to Yeovaltown Football Club, we don't want them associated to Yeovaltown Football Club anymore. I'm not sure what else we can say. Does anyone really want to add anything to, to those sentiments? It's just not what we want to be hearing. No, and... It's come as a, as a shock to us all, I think. Obviously, I, me and Dave were at the game, didn't know any of this had allegedly happened. And, and as you say, it's it's very right. I think what you guys tweeted as well, that we should not be speculating. Um, the investigation needs to take place. It needs to be done on the right channels because then the right outcome will, will happen. And of course, we've had this with the Yate Town game earlier in the season where we filed a report of our, of our own. Sad that that's two incidents potentially in this season. Um, you know, I'm wearing my Her Game 2 hoodie right now. Um, and any form of discrimination is unacceptable in all walks of life, let alone at a football match. So can't really add it anymore. And we'll just have to wait. And um, glad that Yeovaltown have put out that statement because it's very important that that wasn't circling around on social media. And the investigation now has to take place and they've got to do all the right things. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, like you said, we put out on Twitter because there were a few people who were going on and saying, oh, it could be this and it could be that. And until we know what it is, it's probably best not to go out there and say what it could be and what it couldn't be. Um, but the f- I think it's a good thing that it's in the referees report as well, because that's obviously somebody who has or at least got hold of whatever evidence there is out there. And that suggests that if there is evidence and that can be judged by you know, whatever organisation it has to be judged by, but it sounds like Yeovil Town are going to do do their bit around that. So, yeah, I guess all we can do is wait and um, get the findings. But, yeah, Ben, as you rightly said, if anybody is found guilty of that, then that's it. No thank you. I think that take care of, takes care of that then, doesn't it? Yeah. Done, dusted. We'll wait for things to transpire. Should any news of any note appear, either on the FA website or from either club, we'll of course let you know on the Glovers Cast, and no doubt it will pop up again in future Glovers Cast episodes. But uh, that's that done. Um, it's not going to get any better this conversation, if truth be told. It's maybe not going to get any worse because there are levels to life. But let's talk about some football, shall we? You were both there for <laughs> Aldershot to Yeovil Town nil. Now. I have deliberately avoided the highlights. I have deliberately avoided everything other than Charlie Lee's post-match press conference. And there's a reason for that. Because I saw, I was on air at the time, so I couldn't listen. I didn't hear anything. I haven't consumed a single atom of this football match. And I looked at the stats and all the numbers suggested we battered them. We absolutely battered them. We had 10 corners to their one. We had the best part of two thirds of possession 
We haven't had that kind of possession all season. So I want to set you a challenge. And Sheridan, I'm coming to you here to set you a challenge. This is not about pizza toppings. <laughs> I have not had one, like I say, not one second of coverage of this game. I've not seen anything. I've not heard anything. Nothing. I'd like to set you a 20-second match report challenge. Can you describe this entire game of craziness to me in 20 seconds as if I was an alien from outer space, and then we'll dive a little bit deeper into it? Are you game for that? Absolutely. Right. I, I, I should have prepared. I thought about <laughs> this on the... Uh, let me just get a timer. Oh, God. Talk about yourself. Right, you get 20 seconds, exactly. 20 Does this seconds. mean I'm going to have to do 20 seconds as well? Well, you... Yeah, yeah, okay, yes. No, 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 no. Oh, you you said it. Right. Are you ready? Yeah. Three, two, one, go. Completely dominant for 60, probably 65 minutes. Concede a really, really sloppy goal with a, a wide ball that just came and we didn't deal with it. Silly free kick. Five minutes later, we were void of confidence, conceded a second one. There was an injury to someone in the older shot crowd. We had 12 minutes of added time. We continued to press and batter them. Stop. That's quite good. That was quite good. Uh, you need some kind of klaxon, I think. I do. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm going to have to find a klaxon jingle, aren't I? Okay. Yeah. Um, or just make a loud noise. Yeah. One Dave? Yeah. Sheridan's the pro. Yeah, exactly. That was I'm quite just, good. Yeah. This is just going to be me. You're talking about me coming on doing co-coms. It's going to be me swearing, isn't it? That's all it's going to be. It's Sorry, me. Debs, in advance if I do. Right. Don't swear. Dave, 20 seconds starts now. Older shot spent the entire first half with basically 10 men behind the ball. We couldn't break them down. We didn't look particularly threatening going forward until the start of the second half, when lo and behold, we played the ball to Just Noyfield's feet, gave it Tom Knowles' feet. We looked great. Then we conceded a stupid goal where we gave the guy all the space in the world. Clarkson! I never got to say we conceded another stupid goal. <laughs> you only covered one goal in 20 seconds. I did, yeah. I'm not a pro, am I? That's the thing. This, right. this is why. Keep me off the air. Keep me off the air. Okay. We're going to have to delve into this a little bit deeper. Then. I was hoping to wrap this up in 40 seconds. But <laughs> I'm afraid, Dave. <laughs> afraid so. not, afraid but go on. Tell us the stats then, because you, you, you chucked some stats at me about possession and all the rest of it. I, I, I mean, this maybe goes back to what Darren Sahl used to say about us, that we just can't do anything against teams that give us the ball. <laughs> it, it, it did feel worse, though, than that. Mm. I don't think I've seen us dominate like that for a while. It reminded me of the Barnet playoff game where we lost 2-0. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. You know, and perhaps not clear-cut chances, as Dave said, but yeah. we were completely the better side and yeah. had so much of the ball and didn't look uncomfortable with the ball. It was just that final ball. So frustrating. So I'm just looking here now. These are based, these aren't the most uh, nailed on stats ever. They are from an in-play betting of a, of a, of a company, of a betting company, because that's the only way I could follow the game at work. Shots on target, two and two. Shots off target, we had five, they had one. Shots on woodwork, did we hit the post or the bar? We had one on the post or the bar? Yeah. Yeah. Dangerous attacks, which is technically anytime we have the ball in the final third and are in attacking possession wise, we had 60, they had 18 corners, 10, 10 to 1, free kicks 17 to 12. They took 12 goal kicks, we took six, we had more throw ins, and we had, like I said, the best part of two thirds of possession throughout That's the entire beautiful. 90 minutes. Um, that dangerous attacks one says yeah. it all for me. Yeah, really sixty does. to eighteen is just ridiculous, isn't it? When you consider that is basically going forwards in the box, for them to only be going forwards in our half eighteen times in a game is, you know, pretty poor, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But honestly, I, I hadn't, I haven't seen the highlights back again, but and. Both goals were at the other end. I was stood on the Thatchers, but that first goal looked like I, I think the bloke was just on the bo- in the box on his own. I don't quite know how he got so much space. It was crazy. I are mean, we... sorry, Ben. No, I was going to say with, with that first goal, are we yeah. talking just lackadaisical defending? Just we're we're battering, battering, Not... battering, and they switched yeah. off. Well, it was a free kick, wasn't it? So it was a I, I, Sheridan. It was right in front of you. I imagine the free kick. I mean. That's what's so. I mean, the defending was awful, mm. but it was such a silly free kick to to give away. We said on commentary, 
what, why did he do that? There was no need to just drag him down. He was right on the right, by the byline. He wasn't going anywhere. He, they hadn't gone anywhere that whole game. There was no need for Luke Wilkinson to tear him down like that. And then from that, we just completely went to sleep. And as you say, couldn't have had a, more space to put that in the back of the net with his head, could he? It was no. just a comedy of errors in, in for that first goal. Just four second- minutes between goals as well. Did we just yeah. not switch back on? Was that what it was? Just had a funny five minutes and that's it, game over. Mm, yeah, and they and they'd spent the entire game basically defending and try, waiting to hit us on the break. So once they won the lap, I it, we were gonna we were gonna struggle. I think two 0 They just right. That's it. We're done. Game they over. Couldn't, they couldn't believe their luck that no. they were two 0 up because, as you say, they they were going for the point. They were one hundred percent coming for the point, which would have been a great point. I mean, it was a, a fantastic three points for them. You have to credit them. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, they couldn't believe their luck because at two 0 I mean, we were never getting back into it. And you know, Charlie Lee said it said it afterwards, and he was. I think I'm more frustrated at the attacking play, but the, he was really physically angry at the defending. Um, yeah. It was understandable, but we should have had more than enough to seek to get past that defence. Yeah, I think if we had 11 Tom Knowles, <laughs> we would be fine. Because Tom Knowles is just, every time I see him play, he's just the best thing about everything. How do you not get man of the match? I'm uh, battling uh, for me. <laughs> yeah, who did they give it to in the end? I think it was Low Everton or someone like that. I can't remember. Ah, yeah, yeah. I remember some perplexed, but but he just gets a ball and he just wants to run. He never stops running. It's like, even at the end of the game with all the matches he's played, it's, yeah, he is, he's the best thing about, I, I, I think I've fallen in love with him. I'm going to fight Ian for his heart, I think. <laughs> Not literally his heart. That would be a bit weird, but yeah. Tuna down then immediately <laughs> plays Lawson Diaz. And then a few minutes later, 10 minutes later, chucks out a UCF on for Mark Little. Looking at the other two subs, no Morgan Williams, no Max Hunt. I mean, short of chucking big Max Hunt up top and start launching it long. I think he's probably made the only two attack-minded substitutes he probably can make. Um, did we ever look like getting anything? Yeah, just a goal out of the game? Did we continue trying to attack? I mean, we did continue to attack, um, but we just couldn't break them down. And Charlie said it afterwards, and we didn't create as many clear-cut chances when those two came on, which was a little bit frustrating because I think part of the problem was there was one really frustrating attack where Nerfield, I think Low Everton and Knowles were all involved in that attack, but they just took too many touches inside the box. And I was just thinking, just shoot, one of you, just give it a shot, give it a shot. And it just wasn't happening. However, as soon as Nurtville came off, I don't know if you agree, but we didn't look anywhere near as as strong, particularly in terms of, for obvious reasons, our pace. Um, And so it just, the the 12 minutes of added time, just kind of ticked away from us far too quickly um, because we had the ball, but we just didn't do anything anything with it and I don't think the substitutions helped at all no it was it almost felt like he brought Lawson on I think Barry Spiller said it on Twitter brought Lawson on too late um that it was kind of not much that he could do at that point but Nurfield it was it was so frustrating because in that first half we've basically just been playing long balls to him to for him to sort of head him down and that's just not what he's about you know get it to his feet let him turn and run at people and when he did that they were they just didn't know what to do with him and the same with Knowles when you run at him they just did not know what to do with him and you're thinking just keep doing that keep doing that you'll find a way through and um the opportunities that we did have that was where they came from and in the second start the second half we did exactly that. We, we, I don't know what they said to him at half time, but it must have been get the ball to Josh's feet and let him go. But then when they scored, we reverted back to doing the things that weren't working for us in the first half rather than the things that had been working for us in the second half. So we just, yeah, yeah. But I also thought, and I don't know what you thought, Sheridan, that our fullbacks, both Mark Little, I looked at the team sheet and I thought, we've got Mark Little who's a right back, we've got Jordan Barnett who's a left back. I know Ben would have him as a centre-forward if he could, but um, they, neither of them looked comfortable. Mark Little, the first ball that was played across, he looked laboured in his running. And I know he's played a lot of games and he is a, you know, he's a 
injury, isn't he? He's had a really, really bad injury. But yeah, I was stood next to Foxy on the terrace and Foxy's dad, who was my old English teacher, who promised me he wasn't going to correct my grammar on the match report. I was busily trying to write next to him. Um, he's he's probably in his 60s, I think, Mr. Fox. And he said, I could probably run faster than Mark Little there. <laughs> so uh, and that may be a little bit harsh, but there wasn't there wasn't much in it, I don't think. He looked very laboured. And, and Jordan Barnett, I don't know whether he's forgotten how to be a left-back or he maybe fits in the Alex Bradley doesn't want to be a left-back, doesn't want to be a full-back anymore. And would, but he can still put in a great tackle, Jordan Barnett, because he did on a couple of occasions. But he yeah. did find himself so far up the pitch on a couple of occasions that they caught us out. And this is a pretty poor team that gave our fullbacks a, a bit of a torrid time, to be honest with you. And yeah, I, I was a bit, I was a bit worried about them against a better team, better wingers. I think we could have really, really struggled there. Yeah, I completely agree. Completely agree. Particularly Barnett. I thought he looked like he hadn't played in a while particularly playing at left back. And I think it, it perhaps came too soon for him. He put in some fantastic tackles, but he did yeah. look what he couldn't get back quick enough. Um, Mark Little looked good in patches, but again, I think perhaps he has that football brain that he was getting a little bit frustrated with the, the way the defense was working. I, I just don't think as a, as a back five, it looked particularly comfortable. I do kind of question Grant. Smith on the first goal as yeah. well. Um, that he perhaps should have come out for it. So there was all sorts of things going on that just didn't look comfortable. And I and I think there was a bit of frustration creeping in. Um, whereas actually, we, you know, the longer it was nil-nil, we only we were the only ones that looked likely that was scoring, and we should have just been patient and just kept playing our game. And you know, should have said Jordan Barnett just needs to stay back a little bit, but yeah, considering Morgan Williams has barely put a foot wrong at left back and it not being his natural position, I think he can be feel a little bit hard done by that he wasn't yeah. inside. Maybe he's playing. Maybe he's being rested for tomorrow, isn't he? For or today, as people listen to this Phil Weymouth game. Had to be a guy called Glover, didn't he? <laughs> I know, yeah. And somebody said we tried to sign him. I can't, I saw something on social media said we tried to sign him in the summer. Glover, he was at Bournemouth. He's on loan from Bournemouth, is he not? Or is he there permanently? Oh, he's on loan, is he? Oh, I thought yeah. he signed for them. Maybe right. may, maybe that was one of our rumours we started in pre-season, him and Ewan Pollock. Yeah, yeah. And then he got sent off. Well, that was, I was going to say, he's had a very I busy missed 30 minutes. Well, I missed so that. Did the referee, Dave, so did the referee. <laughs> right. I said on commentary, I was the, he, he got booked in the last minute. And I said, well, he's been booked. And then the referee didn't produce the red card, but Glover was like, I've been booked. So I'm just going to go off the pitch and I'm going to stand by the tunnel. <laughs> and I was like, have I done that wrong? And no, he, he knew he'd been sent off, but the referee yeah. had forgotten that he'd already booked him. So he just thought, well, there's only a minute left. So I'm just going to wait in the tunnel because <laughs> I know I've been sent off. It was utterly bizarre. How weird. Uh, yeah, I did. I heard sort of people going, like that. But I thought, <laughs> why? <laughs> What's happened there? But very strange right okay well i don't feel so bad for missing it now it wasn't until i got back to my car and looked at my phone i was like someone get sent off yeah very odd 90 12th minute they're making up minutes to send people off these days um were they were they really i've just noticed three yellow cards phillips ethan ross the goalkeeper and glover all after 90 minutes were they just just taking yeah. the yellow cards taking it killing the time and wasting days the keeper, the keeper was time wasting, wasn't he? But I did think he was probably the one who was least time wasting out there, their team. But I think he maybe copped it for something other people had done to him. I think because <laughs> yeah, he didn't seem to be doing a lot of time wasting, but there was certainly a lot of time wasting going on. Yeah. Okay, so we parked that one. It's a learning experience. Um, a few more, a few more moments, a few more things for a few more games for Charlie to get himself a proper home league win. Um, to come um, yeah. but it is time to look forward it's time to look at today match day if you're listening to this pre-kickoff remember it's a one o'clock game get your shimmy on you've got to get over to the Bob Lucas or get in front of your radio station a little bit earlier than usual because we're off to the seaside well I'm not you guys are off to the seaside <laughs> Weymouth take on Yeovil Weymouth all but relegated we cannot physically do it but we can if Aldershot get a good result against Dagenham, I think we can take them within a point. So we can put the penultimate nail in the coffin, maybe. Maybe not the last one. Um, 
they're in absolutely no form whatsoever. Lost 2-0 to Maidenhead, former Glover Sean Donlan amongst the goal scorers on Friday, but they haven't won since beating Eastleigh on the day after Valentine's Day. Uh, and that was the first win in itself since... Oh, crikey. Oh, crikey, you've got to go a long way back for that second <laughs> victory. When did they last win? Kings Lynn, 30th of October, the day before Halloween. It is... No, no league wins between Halloween and Valentine's Day. That's I mean, they obviously got rid of Brian Stock and brought in David Oldfield, who's only won one match in charge. He's been in charge for 16 games. Unbelievable, really. It, it feels like they've got worse under the new manager. Um, and they've just been terrible. When was the last um, time they scored? They scored two against Wealdstone. They lost 3-2. Um, and Reese Brown scored twice that day. Something about uh, actually oval players, isn't it? But, yeah. I don't know if anyone... I think you spoke to him on the last time we played Weymouth. Neil Wharton, who what, writes for the Echo Sport, he put out some stats, grim stats for the Terrors. Have you got them to hand? Have you got them? Have you got them? I've got them. Let's do I'm it. Ready. Can so, we rub our hands together? Oh, I'll do this, yeah. <laughs> David Oldfield has one win from 16 games. Eight points altogether. No goals in seven of the last eight. Two goals scored in eight. Winless in eight. Only Dover have fewer goals, 31 to their 32. Only Dover, 85. Barnet, 76. Kings Lynn and 72 have let in more goals. They have let in 71 goals this season. And that's up to and including Good Friday. Because they yeah. lost 2-0, do you two say, nil. at Maidenhead? Yeah. Hmm. Well, I mean, I, one nil. It actually, makes me more nervous than about you. I was going to say, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to say what I'm thinking, but you know what I'm Unbelievable. thinking. Unbelievable! We've all read this script. We've all read the script, haven't we? Okay. Um. So, I put it to you guys now that tomorrow's game means more than just about anything that we've had in the chat. This is, I think, tomorrow will define the Charlie Lee mini era. Because if we've got nothing to play for, you play for moments. You play for last-minute equalisers. You play for worldly goals. You play for those moments at the end with fans and stuff like that. We've had mini moments, but we haven't actually necessarily had huge moments. And Charlie Lee is going to get an opportunity to have an almighty moment. So let's talk about the fans, because as it stands, how many tickets have we got left? Is Hugh still angry that they can't? figure out the Weymouth ticketing system. Who, who knows how many tickets we got left? But when I look, so I just went on, because we sold out whatever allocation they've given us. Massive. And then people thought, that in the, this is the terraced area. I think we've got 300 seated tickets, 200, 300 seat tickets. And there's about 20 or 30 of them left. That is of half past eight on Sunday night. But then we sold out our allocation, which you would imagine would be someone saying, right, that's all the people we can fit in that terrace. That's your allocation. You've sold that out and that's it. But then suddenly they found another hundred tickets. So I don't know, maybe we're all just going to be a bit more cozy or maybe they've opened up another area. I don't know. But then another hundred tickets appeared. According to what I've got, I, I've got on their website, I'm ordering a quantity of one ticket and it says on their website, last in stock which suggests to me that there was one ticket left as of 28 minutes past eight. <laughs> so, um, but yes, I have had a couple of messages from Hugh Cleave of Ciderspace fame, who is, um, yeah, so he's, he's, the polite way he's put it is, I clearly underestimated the stupidity of our hosts. So you can imagine where it goes from there. Um, but he says that, yeah, selling out tickets should be sold out. Not Oh, I suddenly found 100 extra seats. There is then a word that begins with T that I can't say because Deb's courtesy's little boy might be listening. Um, and if he is, we're not allowed to swear in front of him. There you go. But yeah, so, a few. We've sold a few, probably, I think. What's, what's the average Weymouth attendance? Like, are we, are we taking more? Are we going to outnumber them? Because what are we up to now? What's that put us on? 1,300? Yeah, it's got to be 1,300, hasn't it? Yeah, well, somebody said that that, I look everywhere for it's called the Window Man Terrace, and I don't know why. I guess that's a sponsorship. Um, but the Window Man Terrace 
the only website I can find, which is like footygrounds.org or something like that, says that the capacity of the terraced area, of that terraced area is 1,300. So that assumes that they've sold us 1,300 tickets to go into a terraced area. That assumes that that statistic is right. So we're in Dan Johnson territory here with lots of assuming and assumption, aren't we? But yeah. Looks like their average crowd is 1,100. Massive. There you go. Wow. We took, we took more than that to the cup game, didn't we? I think. I'm sure that was over a thousand. Well, on the on the list I've on the, got, the yeah. only attendance, home attendance for them this season that I cannot find is the 19th of October fixture against us. <laughs> the only fixture that doesn't actually exist. Are you, attendances. Are, are, are you looking on the Glovers cast today, Ben? Because I, I looked at our um, match report from that game, which I think I wrote, so I wouldn't necessarily believe a word that it says. Um, but I'm sure we had, uh, there, there was 2,000 um, 2, odd in that one. Wait a sec, I'm just going to have a look. Oh no, I'm I'm on to the other. I'm on to the wrong game here. Here we go. Two thousand nine hundred and eleven. That game on the in October the nineteenth. But it doesn't say how many away fans there were. So I presume that that was not mentioned. There we go. But yes, so there's going to be quite a few people there. I think <laughs> even at one o'clock. I understand there is a train going at sometime around half past seven from the Oval Pen Mill where people will be on to go to Weymouth Town Centre. What is going to be open in Weymouth Town Centre at that time of the morning? I have no idea, but uh, I'm in a hotel Cans opposite Weatherspoon. Who? Cans will be open. That's Cans, be open. yeah. Yeah, they sit on the, on the beach. Yeah. Well, my hotel in Yeovil looks out over the Weatherspoons in Yeovil beautiful view beautiful view um and i can tell you that at nine o'clock in the morning when i opened my curtains this morning there were people going into that weatherspoon so that suggests that is when weatherspoons and that's on easter sunday so good christian boys and girls there <laughs> they've been to early service obviously yeah exactly yeah midnight mass they're just Mid- finishing yeah. it's lunchtime for them yeah <laughs> oh, okay so what changes are we making then because it does appear that a couple of players. The, the uh, lineup was pretty much as we thought. We thought Bradley would get the nod over, over over Lawson Diaz. Are we expecting that to be flipped around? Lawson Diaz to get a start. Morgan Williams possibly to come back in. Do we get Max Hunt back on the pitch? What what kind of changes do you think we're going to make down there? Well, Sheridan and I pulled exactly the same face at all of your comments there. So, oh good. I, no. I, I, I'm, I'm no no. I think because we agree on, on on what we think. So. More, um, Morgan Williams instead of Jordan Barnett. Barnett, yeah. Yeah. And Lawson instead of Alex Bradley. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mark over starting Wakefield, I think. I think that's not a potential, I think. You put who? You stop at uh, starting Wakefield, did you say? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Or, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if he will, to be honest, but... I might think about that because of what happened in the last game as well. He scored against them, didn't he, in the first ever FA Cup game at Hewish Park. I just and the way you spoke about it before, I just think all those kind of things are quite important in a in a in a derby. Um, I wouldn't bring Max Hunt back though. No, no, because I, I think Barkley and Wilkinson looked all right against Oldershot by and large, with the exception of the free kick that he gave away. Yeah, yeah. if by some miracle we're 4-0 up, I would bring him on. Um, because I'm guessing that Barkley won't be able to play next weekend. No, yeah, Stockport, isn't it? Yeah. So you probably want to try and give him some minutes before you throw him in for 90. Um, against Paddy Madden. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they can't win the league now, so... Oh, right, okay. After their result against Grimsby. Are they lost um, they lost, so that's something. But so if the result was to go our way quite comfortably, then I would bring Max Hunt on just to give him a bit of a, a boost ahead of where he's going to probably have to start and stop. Mm. Okay. When you say if we're 4-0 up, when was the last time we scored four goals? Except for the Somerset Premier Cup win over Odd Down. Yeah, you can't have it both ways. If you think that counts, it counts. <laughs> oh, OK. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. That's the answer. <laughs> answer my own question there. <laughs> yeah 
It does. It definitely does count. But I, I can't remember I when we scored four goals. Be something that Charlie oh. Lee has to think about um, because uh, you know I said to him, he said Max Hunt is available now, but they didn't really want to throw him in. But if they're going to have to throw him in next weekend, it's not really ideal, is it, to have to play ninety minutes when you've been out with a injury for a, a fair few months? But need needs must. I think he'll he'll know that three points are the most important thing, no matter how they come about. Um, but you know, we, we said this on the last podcast, he's had some managerial decisions to make. And I think said before, we wanted to go into this game with a good result. We didn't get that. And I think he might have had two separate starting 11s. But I, I, you know, I think with that performance that really wasn't, wasn't good enough against a side that's not as in, in bad a form as, as Weymouth, but still down the bottom. I, I think it's made his decisions harder. Yeah. Mark Lance. Mark Little, a little bit weight, a little bit wobbly, we think, possibly. Do we think he has to play? Are there any other options in that position? I think the only other option in that position is Alex Bradley, and he doesn't think he's a right back. So he's got to play I'd, him. Stick with him. I'd stick with him. Yeah, I would. I would. I, I've answered my own question, by the way. Yate Town, was, we scored five in that, didn't we? And that's the FA Cup, so I can't say that that's a minor competition, can I? <laughs> and obviously, the Somerset Premier Cup isn't either. So, no. yeah. no. <laughs> so then. Weymouth. Chances are we're not going to play them again for a while. Chances are they're going to be, you know, worried about, I don't know, whatever it is, Taunton Town or whatever those they have to go and play in the league next year. Um, whilst we're going to be sitting pretty at the top of the non-league pyramid for another division. Um, I'm reluctant to ask for score predictions, um, but A, A, are we winning? And B, is this a big, big moment for the rest of the season, should this be a convincing victory? Is it an important game tomorrow, more so than Stockport and Halifax and all the rest that's going to come? Dave, come to you first. Winning, yes or no? Hopefully. No, it's not what I said. <laughs> well, we, I've, every time we played him, I thought we were going to beat them. And apart from the worst penalty shootout in the history of penalty shootouts, we've not done it, have we? I'm a Yeovil Town supporter. My my negativity is just in overload. And when, and the more we talk about how poorly Weymouth are playing, the more negative and pessimistic I get about everything. So let, let's, let's... That wasn't put, a yes or a no. I'm going to take a positive pill. Yes, we're going to win. Yes, Sheridan, yes or a no? Yes. Brilliant news. Now let's open this up. You can have a bit more than just one word on this bit. How big a moment is this going to be for, for us for the re- remainder of the season? This is This is the moment between now and the end of the season, rather than any other game? This is the only moment between now and the end of the season. There is nothing else to play for in this season. This is it. That's it. Can't help but notice you're forgetting the Somerset Premier Cup again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm more, I'm more thinking about the community sports just under 14s in their national knockout. Doubles on. To be honest with you. Double if is I cut, on. Yeah. What will it mean, Sheridan? You've, you've, you've been within fairly close quarters of the, of the team, of the squad, of Charlie, of, of the players, you've interviewed them. This season's going to be one that they look back on as a wobble of a season. It's had ups, it's had downs, we've had amazing games. You and I have been lucky enough to call Stockport, to call Wrexham and things like that. But we've had some absolutely horrible moments and moments that we'll look back on with no fondness whatsoever. What does tomorrow mean in the grand scheme of this season? I think Dave's absolutely right. It's the final moment that they can potentially have those big celebrations with the supporters because all the moments you talk about, Stockport away, Wrexham away, Weymouth in the penalty shootout, those were moments with those supporters that, you know, travel in their numbers. And how many players have said to me after the games, those fans are unreal. You know, Ruben said it the other week, no one does it like Yeovil fans. And it's true, they travel so, so well. And so to have 1,300 of them travelling for a game that means a lot, but in terms of the nationally doesn't mean a lot because Weymouth, as you say, it's a formality now. They are going to be in the National League South next season and we're going to be in the National League next season. But in terms of the town, in terms of the club, it means so much. And, you know, there's players like Lawson that will remember being on the radio on that night and what it meant. And Luke Wilkinson was next to us because he was out injured. He couldn't play in that. And he so badly wanted to play in that game because it's, it's Weymouth Yeovil. Um, and it is, it is a shame that it's probably going to be the last time we play them for a long time, unless we draw them in the cup again. 
um, because you just don't get that atmosphere and that connection with the supporters. You know, you know, Del Gorman leaving his scarf on on the um, on the post. You know, moments like that. Iconic. That is what we're gonna look back on this season. And we've said it before. It's just it is a season of what ifs. Unfortunately, the way it's kind of been up and up and down. And we're just gonna look back and remember when we went to Wrexham and beat. You know, remember when we went to Stockport and beat them three 0 um, And though, so we need to get that victory against against Weymouth and you know the atmosphere was unbelievable on that Tuesday night so I can't imagine what it's going to be like at one o'clock on a bank holiday on Monday. Can I say that I still don't get the rivalry between Weymouth and Yeovil and I had this conversation with Hugh I think I'm too young to understand to remember the 70s and when we hated them back then and I think I'm not necessarily too old although I am probably too old to um uh to rem- to sort of have a current hatred of them and um, but maybe it's more because I live away and therefore I don't you know particularly hear anything of it but for all my time supporting Yeovil Weymouth have just been a massive insignificance they've just been I've not really cared about them and I speak to people who talk about other club rivalries and they say oh you know like where I live in Preston they my partner and his, his dad hate Blackpool like I've ne- you know hatred I've never seen before. Just don't feel that towards Weymouth, and and that's kind of why I've got a ticket for tomorrow today um, because <laughs> I want to go down there and hate someone. Um, but I'm going to have to have that hatred dragged out of me. I think. <laughs> no, I, I know. I, I know. Ex- I know exactly what you mean, though, because I never expected they were never anywhere near us in the league, let alone in the same division. But how many times have we wanted that? rivalry we pretended we had it with Bristol Rovers we pretended we had it with Bristol City we didn't no. even Exeter Torquay we try and get all these the Weymouth match felt different and there are so many supporters that it just feels like it means so much to them um, and unfortunately for us it does signify how far we have fallen so all we can do is go and win and I think possibly as well why we didn't get it for a long time is that first season we played them um, we weren't able to be there. Yeah, there was no one there. We'll say, yeah. So, um, you know, two great results, 3-0, 3-1, and no one was there to, to celebrate it. You just wonder what that would have been like, you know. Um, yeah. You know, I think Reese Murphy scored a hat-trick, didn't he, against them? I mean, that yeah. would have been some moment for your, you know, Reese Murphy to score a hat-trick against your biggest rivals, and no one was there to see it. Criminal. Yes. Horrendous. Reese Murphy, second minute, 50 second minute, 80 second minute. Scenes on the streams. What? <laughs> Scenes uh, on the streams, blimey. Yeah, what have you become? I know. <laughs> Horrendous. Um, and we kind of owe them one because mm. we haven't actually beaten them in any of the last three. The penalty shootout doesn't really count because it was a draw. Um, and then two other one-alls, obviously in the first of the uh, of the FA Cup ties and then the then the league game. It feels like we kind of owe them one. They're going to be up for it. Of that, there is no doubt. It is last chance saloon for them. They've got to hashtag win them all. And they're going to have to start by beating the noisy buggers down the road. Um, not sure what else we can say on this match, really. If you're going, have an awesome day. Behave yourself. Don't throw a bottle on the pitch like someone did for the penalty last time around. Let's not do that. Get out, get out. Okay, look after yourselves, but have an almighty time. I really, really wish I was there. Dave, you looking forward to it? I am more than I'm looking forward to the five-hour drive home straight afterwards. But yes, <laughs> I can I can claim to have been there last time we beat Weymouth as well, but that was at home. So in the 1999 in the FA Trophy, we beat them. And Paul Tisdale scored for us that day. He scored the winning goal. Mm. There you go. Warren I mean, considering, considering our home form, I'm pretty glad we're away. I don't know about you. Yeah. if I, I, I realised on Friday why I don't go to home games. Ian told me they were getting better. He lied. I'm sorry he did. <laughs> oh, we, we, we really have got to pay that ransom. What time has he got to be there tomorrow, Sheridan? We're on, we're on it at midday, so I need him midday. there. Midday. If I remember, I'll get it done. If I remember, okay. I'll get it done. I'll pay. I've got it here somewhere. I should have done it today. I just completely forgot. Sorry, Ian, mate. Sorry. It's I a will broken do. piggy bank behind Ben with all <laughs> copper coins all over the place. Yeah. Exactly. Sheridan, are you looking forward to it? I am. I'm very much looking forward to it, I think, because even though we don't have much to play for, we do have much to play for. And it's that weird thing, isn't it? We 
the pressure is definitely on us. They've got nothing to lose. They've always sort of said this season, look how far you've fallen. You're now playing us in the same league. So it's all about Yeovil taking the game to them. But I do feel better about it because we're away from home. We clearly suit playing away from home. And I, I'm hoping that as much as I wanted us to go into this game with a positive result behind us, I'm hoping that it gave us the kick that we needed. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing Josh Nairfield against Weymouth again because he tore them apart last time he played them. Um, so they won't be happy that we signed him back on loan. Um, you know, Don't got- play the ball long to him, though. <laughs> play it to his feet. Quite, quite. Please, and we've got Josh McCoy coming back is the only thing. He just served a, a two-match ban for the yellow cards and he scored against us in the reverse fixture. So we've just got to watch out for him. They've got a few individuals that are good. I just don't think they've gelled as a team. And I don't think Oldfield has really been able to give them a philosophy. Um, but he was he did really well at Oxford City in the league below. So you wonder how much they were looking at him for the future and perhaps planning for the league below. They have got one of the lower lower budgets. Um, but, you know, there's Brandon Goodship, former Glover. There's always, uh, there's always one, isn't there? So we've just got to watch out for those little banana skins, but very much excited for the game. We all know why Grant Smith can't afford to let Brandon Goodship call past him, don't we? <laughs> Can you imagine the celebration? Yeah. <laughs> oh, don't even think so. about what it. What weird moments we've had this season. Yeah. I'm already looking forward to the Glover's cast Glovies, by the way. Just, just, yeah. just to go through these moments again. I can't wait. Okay. I think that's what you must covered. We've covered all the shots. I'm gonna in I'm gonna try and insert a funky jingle here at this particular point, and then we're gonna take some GCQs to wrap up this Derby Day podcast. Right then, Dave, have you got the GCQs lined up? I do indeed. Do you want me to go from the top or from the bottom? Uh, From the middle, please. From the middle. Okay, from the middle. Uh, Robin Robin Batchelor has asked us what our thoughts were about the um, old shot players' uh, allegations of abuse. I think we probably covered that one as best we can. Um, But he does go on to add... On a positive note, it was nice to see Lawson go to an IFTA with Addy on Instagram this week, We, which is a celebration. Is that where, um, in Ramadan, of... where they eat the meal afterwards, yeah, right after dark? dark? Don't they? Yeah. yeah. So no, I, I hadn't seen that. So yeah, good, good, good for Lawson. That's that sounds like a good thing to do. And so Robin's question is: Should we keep as many of the players as possible next season to keep the strong spirit of this group together, especially if there are more tough times to come off the pitch? Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> if you're if you're is that a yes for every out of contract player? You might need a few more. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe not, but yes. <laughs> okay, yeah. Now, I, I would certainly like to see, uh, there's a percentage of them I think we'd all like to see, wouldn't we? Yeah, without question. Um, kept on. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah, and that's one lovely thing I learned while getting to know Lawson as I did. He was so close to his teammates. He was so supportive of them. And I think he lives with Adi Youssef. So really nice to see him support him in that way. And there is that unique bond between them um and i guess with all the uncertainty we have to hope that they might want to stay together as well by yeah. the way the, the fasting during the day am i right in thinking they can't even drink water yeah that's, that's that, correct yeah. that is from a purely biological athlete-based scientific standpoint to even be able to train and i'm talking a light jog let alone run around and chase after footballers and not be able to rehydrate immediately afterwards is mind-boggling to me so yeah. the level of fitness that Addy and anyone else who might be going through this at the moment must have to try and get to, to manage it for a month, not doing it once, yeah, yeah. is quite frankly incredible. And the amount of discipline and, and whatever else it needs is outrageous. So a huge kudos, purely from a biological point, um, that anyone is even able to do it. So to do that for your religion is is, is incredible. So Yeah, I've got, I've got a couple of friends up in Preston who are... Uh, uh, who celebrate Ramadan and they, uh, I sit next to them, they sit at computers and I'm like, how can you not uh, have a cup of tea, have a drink? You know, it's just all the things that you take for granted just 
go to, 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 to one side, it's, yeah, it's unbelievable. And they're sat next to computers and that's pretty unbelievable. So to be training, as you say, is yeah, mind blowing. Um, uh, so other questions, Ian Watmore, who I have to say has discovered the Glovers cast. I saw Yay! him post on, on, on there and uh, Debs Curtis wrote back, where have you been, Ian? You know, <laughs> what have you been doing? Great question. question. That, that's your own GCQ, please. Ian. That is, yeah, yeah. What what have you been doing? But anyway, welcome, Ian, if you are listening to us now. So he says, GCQs, what is the best away charm we can sing from the terrace at Weymouth? Now, we've got to remember that we're not allowed to swear here, aren't we? <laughs> yep. So, can I but I bit, do have one. Can I be a bit old and boring first? I just really want a good, solid 10 minutes of Charlie Lee's Green and White Army. Yeah. Just, just a good... <laughs> solid 10 minutes loud as you like rattling the boards the, the the corrugated iron making all kinds of racket just 10 minutes of solid non-stop charlie leeds green and white army that would be epic there was quite a bit of it i thought for saturday for for i was still in the thatcher's end and it was pretty noisy where i was for the game that we were served up anyway, <laughs> I thought, but, yeah but um, but there is one. So as I think I've confessed, when I was um, at school down in Somerset, my Premier League team of choice was Blackburn Rovers, who I stopped. Hang on, so Blackburn, Aldershot, Preston. <laughs> yeah, well, not Preston, and I never supported Aldershot or Preston. I just happened to, to to live there. But when I was when I was at school, everyone I went to school with was a Liverpool fan or a Man United fan, more so a Man United fan. Um, and Blackburn at the time when I was sort of like 15, 16, was when they won the league. So it was mostly just to annoy me and my friend, you know, mostly just to annoy people who were Man United fans, became a Blackburn fan. But anyway, then I moved up to near enough Blackburn. And yeah, I think I've been like two or three times to, to Ewood Park. But they play, they have rivals, Burnley, um, who play in Claret and Blue as well. Or terracotta <laughs> in blue as well but um they, they they both have the same song about each other because blackburn were in the premier league for such a long time and burnley weren't now burnley are in the premier league uh and and blackburn aren't so they sing a song that goes and it's no nay never no nay never no more and we'll play the stood rovers or burnley no never no more so you can put weymouth we'll play that weymouth no never no more that's my song there you go. That you, well, that you conduct a Dave. Take yeah. it away. Yeah. Not that no, nay, never. No, nay, never, no more. That's Sheridan, how it begins. Sheridan, do you like to, is there a fan that kind of, is there a, a chant that always gets you kind of thinking, kind of grabs your attention when you're commentating? Oh, God. I mean, like you said, I noticed particularly at Barnet, the Charlie Lee's Green and White Army. I also always love it when they say, oh, Charlie Lee. <laughs> oh, yeah. That one, I'd really love that one. Um, always just gets everyone going, doesn't it? But God, I haven't been in an away terrace in so long. I'd love no, it. Yeah. I would love to go back into an away terrace. Yeah, me too. Me too. Absolutely would. Um, and, well, and can I just say as well, Ben, you mentioned on our last broadcast about how you were going to struggle with the editing. You got the new. You got the Charlie Lee's Green and White Army in as a thing, didn't you? As a yeah. clip between yeah yeah i've had a lay a lay a lay from that older shot game sat in our drive waiting for perkins to sort it out same one he picks every time it's like come on give you editing duty i think so what so what do you want me to do you want, you want me to add the la 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 one no 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 i'm saying kudos to you for adding the charlie oh. Lee one i really enjoyed it what well, it's going in here because it's the only one i've saved all right <laughs> <laughs> there is an la 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 in our drive as well it's in, fine in the google drive yeah. it's fine Okay, um, that's good. Just make a lot of noise. Make a lot of noise. They, these okay. lads deserve uh, yeah. 1,300 people going absolutely bonkers for them. It'll, it, it will help them out of no question in my mind. So we have got more questions. Nope. One of them comes from our erstwhile boss, Mr. Perkins, GCQs. <laughs> Can I stay on holiday? Ben and I say, crack on, mate. Sheridan says, she needs you at Weymouth at 12 o'clock. <laughs> so if you're listening, Ian, no, I'm sorry, you can't. You have to talk to your boss at work, I think. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think I've answered that one for all of us there. Yeah, fine. I? Yeah, but, I, yeah, I need him back. I'm scared doing the editing again. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I just gave you credit. I gave you compliments. I know, but it's just scares me. Okay, okay. Um, Paddy Horsington, never a podcast without a Paddy question, is it? GTQs, it may be a big job, but 
would a where you are now on the Glover's Cast blog be possible for the players involved in the YTFC Legends team? Thanks very much for uh, offering, Paddy. Yeah, if you can email it to uh, gloverscast <laughs> at gmail.com, mate. Yeah, by all means, go for it. Thanks, mate. Cheers. I think, and this is a bit of a tease, isn't it? Waiting. I think Kev and Abby have got something coming out soon, haven't they? With all the teams, who's mm. playing in which teams? I think it's coming. Stop it. Yeah, okay. Sorry. sorry. No, it's not coming. There's nothing like that coming. No. <laughs> but where are they now? Is that not going to be like, Kurt Jackson works a project manager for Network Rail. Is it going to be that kind of a where are they now? So, or, yeah, possibly. Okay, right. All right. Maybe, so we're going to have to find out all the professions of... Um, okay. Um, we'll do that for you, Paddy. Yeah, don't we? We'll sort it out. Um, you, you, you volunteered, mate, not I volu- me. I'm not, I'm I'm not volunteered now, yeah. Okay. Joey Chinnock, GCQs, who is your all-time favourite YTFC player and why? It can be a player either a permanent player or a lone player, but you can choose only one player. P.S. Let's beat, <laughs> let's smash the seagull botherers tomorrow. He puts a word other than botherers, but I won't say it. Okay, good. Um, there are seagulls involved. Do you, do you want to go first on this one? Because there's, there's only really one correct answer for me. Well, I, I don't think you need my answer. I'm just going you know, Howard Farrington. Howard Farrington. without saying. I'm not sure we've ever asked you this question, Sheridan. We've, I know we've touched on it between us as a, as a group and we've brought others involved. I'm not sure we've ever asked you. Oh, it's a hard one for me. Um, but I think probably Gavin Williams is my favourite ever ITFC player. It's the correct answer. <laughs> it's the correct answer. <laughs> Plenty I of do others. have four Joe Edwards shirts, though, in this uh, cupboard. So he's a close second. You're allowed second favourite. Second favourites is fine. Favorites is absolutely fine. How are you doing, Sam Foley? Um, right, next one, please. Can I can I add an answer from my friend Sarah, who sat, who sat next to me listening to all this? She's just written Jevo on a piece of paper. That's Great, that's shout. a pretty good. That is a pretty good answer, isn't it, Jevo? Very yeah. good answer. There were not many better strikers than that man. And if we get um, a, and if we get a penalty against Weymouth, I'd much rather he took oh, it than Tom. Oh yeah, Nolan. just imagine <laughs> Jevo taking a penalty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The stewards will be ducking, won't they? Yeah. Um, okay, Andrew Morgan, um, GCQs, was, was there a hidden message in the halftime music choice of the Spice Girls? Stop right now, thank you very much. We need someone with a human touch. Hashtag Priestnell. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and then Debs Curtis has replied, copying in Ian, the stadium announcer, who presumably does the music as well. And Ian has replied, thinking way too much into this it was just the next song on the list <laughs> which means if he's answered the gcq for us let's edit the gcq and just simply put it to us who's your favorite spice girl dave sheridan which is your favorite uh, I, I don't have a favorite and i'm everyone guessing has from a favorite. everyone every, has I'm a favorite ge- i'm guessing girl. from her gifts sheridan's gonna say that she couldn't pick a favorite out of all of them is Not that really. right no, Ginger Spice, definitely. Oh, right, Ginger see. Spice, okay, okay. You, you don't have a favourite Spice Girl? No, my sister was into the Spice Girls when she was younger, and it's driven me towards hatred of them, I think. But Can you, can you ask Sarah who her favourite Spice Girl was, please? Sarah, who's your favourite Spice Girl? She's shaking her head, she doesn't know. She, she, she hasn't got one either, so she's a Coldplay fan, you see, so, yeah. And they're, they're, they're nothing. Different vibe, different vibe. They're definitely a different vibe to the Spice Girls, yeah. <laughs> Although, when this question, I was driving my car down the West Coker Road um, in Yeovil. I have to say this because I haven't driven anywhere in Yeovil for such a long time. But this popped up on my stereo because messages come up on my stereo in front of me. which felt rather distracting, I know. But as I did, Spotify put a song on by Green Day called Waiting. And the opening lines of this song or I've been waiting a long time for this moment to come. I'm destined for anything at all. So that does rather sound like our takeover situation, doesn't it? Let's move it on. And it finishes, dumbstruck, colour me stupid. So there you go. That would probably be uh, more, more like it. Okay. So we're reading too much into this one. Last question from Galava Gav, who's Gav from um, Three Valleys Radio. Okay, all right. He's, he's given us a bit of a critique here, guys. Felt the lack of a printed programme was brushed off on the last podcast. Lots of older fans with no access to computers would have no option 
for a virtual free program online. Now, can I say that when I went to Hewish Park, I went into the, um, I was in the program shop. It's probably is maybe a good or maybe not a good place to be standing when there's no program. Um, and in the five minutes I was stood there, there was probably three people came in and asked, there's no program today. Two of them were, let's say, over the age of 50. One of them maybe only slightly. Um, the other one was in his late 20s, early 30s um, and, and, and asked about it. Uh, so and was told that there wasn't one. And there were lots of confused shakes of the head at that point. So I did say to them, well, if you go on the website, there's going to be a survey on there where you can go on and you can say, oh, no, we can't get rid of the program. I collect them or I, my grandchildren buy them or whatever. And I did think about that idea when the older guy who had said it said to me, well, I'm not online. I don't have I don't have access to the website to be able to do those things. And then I said to him, well, have you got somebody who could? So then he's going to ask your grandson to do it for him. But there's probably a lot of people out there who, if they can't get an online version, they also won't see the survey. And therefore, they we might be missing out a voice here somewhere that feels like there maybe needs to be another way to register a, a thought whether that is a positive or a negative and that's not saying all older people don't go online my grandma when she was alive was online more than anybody i know so uh, um so that's not that's not to say but do you think do we think we brushed off the the printed program thing maybe maybe a little bit it's a valid point the valid point I, I would hazard a guess we have a slightly older median age of uh, a fan base than, than some others because of where we are geographically. So it's probably a fair point. You could argue that it also flips it around. I downloaded the free one and I wouldn't have been anywhere near to even buy a printed one. So let's say that in theory, if it was made available online for a quid, I could have parted with a quid that they weren't going to get, for example. So it might open up other forms of and other fans that might not otherwise want one and want to carry it around and stuff um this is why there's a feedback form but you're absolutely right if you don't access online to get a free one you might not access online to get a, a um a feedback form so i actually do think that's a that's a very excellent point and i would urge anybody who knows of people who are disappointed to make sure that they either get access to the feedback form or offer to do it for them and, and get that feedback back in um hopefully there's a future where the best of both worlds can happen maybe a pre-order system a subscription service so the club know exactly how many they've got to print because they've got 500 people who have pre-subscribed to buy them at three pound a pop and pay every month or whatever it may be i don't know so hopefully in the future there's a bit of a, a happy medium but it's something that can be uh, looked at yeah complete completely agree completely valid point um I remember doing them, working really hard on them for Yeovil ladies. And when you don't even break even and you lose money, it's actually really tough to take because a lot of work goes into them. So I think you're right. We need to get the right feedback. If there is enough appetite for the physical program, crack on. Absolutely. If the club makes money from them, absolutely want to. Wouldn't want them to be losing money. Um, but I think, as you say, there needs to be a little a bit of a... A happy medium but certainly not shrugging it off to totally understand that our fan base you know might not have access um to online but i can also see why the club are doing it in this new age that we're in that's that's fair i think we've been fair there that's fair so okay good and there conclude us the gcqs for tonight that is all of them that's all that's done we're good that's all well so we're off to the seaside People may be listening to this on their way to the seaside mm. or maybe listening to it after the game. If, if you so, listen, please say we won. <laughs> if you're listening to this in the stand, go yeah. up and give Dave a thanks and say thanks for all your hard work. Dave works really hard, you know, really hard. Like Me? Really hard. Don't, say, no, don't say anything to me. No, I will reject your thanks. <laughs> so, <laughs> no. If, 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 if rather than thanking me, do that. What did you say? Ten solid minutes of Charlie Lee's yes. Green and White Army. Do that instead. And I will stand next to you and do it too. How about that? Amazing. Right. I think that wraps up the podcast for this evening. Thank you so much. Here's to a Green and White victory on Easter Monday. Thank you, Sheridan, for joining us. Not just today, but on the last one as well. Really appreciate it. No doubt you'll be back before long. 
uh, always appreciate your company. Dave, as always, should we do it again on Thursday? Let's do it again on Thursday when we're talking about the Ben Barkley derby, aren't we? El Barkley Co. Nice. El Barkley Co. Thanks so much for having me, guys. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Forrest back pedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.